Hello, my name is Tim, and this is a sermon delivered on September 17th, 2023. Today's reading is from James chapter 2. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Surely that faith cannot save, can it? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith apart from works, and I by my works will show you faith. We have not met in this space for quite some time, two months to be exact, and it looked perhaps from the outside like we were taking a nice big rest, but in fact much has been going on. Over this past month, I have met with six different groups of root and branchers to eat together and talk about the future. As one person pointed out, we kind of do this sort of thing a lot, or at least have been doing it a lot for the last couple of years, and it's true that we do get together and vision and plan and think about the future quite often. But you know, time moves kind of quickly, particularly with a community that is composed of a lot of young adults and younger people that are flying rapidly through this very uh, transitory period in our lives. Just two years ago, we had only one baby here. In a year from now, we might have something like eight. My wife and I are included in this. If you haven't heard the news, we are expecting a child in March of next year. So time moves quickly and with it, we must transform, change, and adapt to meet new realities. But the need to look forward goes goes beyond just these sorts of changes of who is here and who will be here. The state of the church in America as a whole is in a time of real change and upheaval as religious affiliation and affection rapidly plummets on every graph, from every poster and every article you'll see. 40 million people over the last 25 years, according to one stat, have stopped attending church. This is something most of us all know. Perhaps what got me thinking about this sort of church decline stuff, uh, at least for this week, is that I found out recently that a church in Minneapolis, Solomon's Porch, is closing its doors. Solomon's Porch is one of the um, vanguards of this thing called the Emergent Church Movement, which, to be honest with you, I still don't really know how to define. Um, And Root and Branch never considered itself part of that movement. But there's a lot of stuff there uh, that would feel familiar to us. You know, a lot of these churches were deconstructing things and experimenting with different forms of worship. They considered themselves progressive or at least more progressive than other churches when it came to cultural and political matters when we started root and branch you know solomon's porch was a place that we looked at as one of the models of a successful new church Um, i didn't happen to read the founder's book but one of our founders here did and I have no idea what happened over there and let, what led to their closure. You know, I can't make any judgments. I don't have really any information. All 
they have on their website is this vague but also all too specifically real statement which reads the demographic changes of american church attendance the impacts of the pandemic and the changes in all our own lives has have moved us to this difficult decision regarding these trends um i read an article recently in a publication that i don't want to name out of embarrassment but here's what the writer said the great dechurching which is a book that this article is about finds that religious abuse and more general moral corruption in churches have driven people away but davis and graham the writers of said book also find that a much larger share of those who left church have done so for more banal reasons the book suggests that the defining problem driving out most people who leave is just how american life works in the 21st century contemporary america simply isn't set up to promote mutuality care or common life rather it is designed to maximize individual accomplishment as defined by professional and financial success such a system leaves precious little time or energy for forms of community that don't contribute to one's own professional life or as one ages the professional prospect of one's children workism reigns in america and because of it community in america religious community included is a math problem that doesn't add up now i think this is a useful corrective to the narrative that frames a loss of belief in god or the supernatural the metaphysical brought on by the age of enlightenment scientific empiricism and all that as the primary motivation or reason for declining church attendance for sure the shifting tides of grand thought and belief in the world have immensely affected our connection to all around us the world around us the people around us all that we cannot readily see and touch but one would have to prove that the primary reason people attended church throughout history is because of their belief in god to also argue that beliefs decline is the reason for the fall in attendance and i don't think the correlation there is quite simple that simple the reasons for going to church for engaging in this communal life of practice worship fellowship charity are not simply about what we believe regarding the doctrines of faith so passed down to us by the priestly class but because of different needs different desires that um is surely bound up with faith but are not totally explained by it such is it that i have been struck by just how little in these aforementioned six conversations we had during our little hiatus i've been struck by just how little the subject of god faith belief and anything else classically related to christianity actually came up in questions like why are we here what do people need what is community for time and time again the answers were devoid of these topics now one can imagine a different situation in a different community or even in ours where the answers were very uh christiany right um i'm here because god wants me to be people need jesus community is for worshiping god and learning about the bible and so on so it could just be of course a matter of the kinds of questions i asked which is something any questioner must always keep in mind that the question 
is always leading no matter what it is. Um, so if I had specifically asked about God or whatever, I'm sure there would have been plenty to say. And of course, belief does play a role and a major one for some in why we go to church. But at the very least, we can say that these kinds of things were not top of mind in these conversations. Is that a, a troubling thing, I wonder? Is that a weird thing? I'm sure to our detractors, it would be evidence of the godless, impotent brand of so-called Christianity we practice here. And I have that in uh, air quotes because I don't think that's the case. I don't believe that in case that's not quite clear. But I also don't see this as like a good or bad thing that the way that people responded. Um, it's just a reality to accept, to be curious about, and to learn from. Again, the reasons we have for engaging in community and church specifically often have little to do with how much or how little we believe in God. And I believe that has been the case long before the apple fell on Newton's head, which I know is not a real story, but it's funny anyway. And Descartes uh, asked himself if he was really, really real. To go back to that earlier quote I read, contemporary America simply isn't set up to promote mutuality, care, or common life. If we take that to be true and count me as someone who does, then the thing that bedevils churches is not, to make this point one last time, simply our ambivalence when it comes to God, Jesus, and the like, but that we are often not very good at things like mutuality, care, sharing life together, serving one another, and these are all things I heard people talk about that did come up during those meals as things that people wanted out of church. But a community that is built on those ideas cannot survive if those ideas are not actually practiced and habituated. And they cannot be practiced and habituated without some action, some doing, some thoughtfulness, some sacrifice. A few people have joked with me that they expect I will talk uh, about little else moving forward than babies and kids and fatherhood. Um, and, you know, I don't want to fall into that cliche, but it probably will happen. And here's my first run at actually doing that. So I have yet to reach um, the stage of this thing this venture where um, I'm actually thinking about stuff like what kind of child this person will will grow into and what it is it that I need to teach them to help them get there that all of that feels like a really long way off but it hasn't escaped my mind that pastors are notoriously horrible parents and you know there are a lot of reasons for this um, but I think a big one is that kids notice when their parents, when their pastor parent doesn't practice what they preach. There are, you know, a few in, very few instances where a kid so intimately sees a parent at their job doing their job and fewer still where that job entails um, at least traditionally telling people what to do and believe. You know, you see your dad up there talking about you know, love one another and care for each other. And at a home, they don't got no time for you and they're harsh and angry. It's something that, you know, can really mess with the head. 
Now, I'm more of a suggester than someone who comes up here and tells people what to do and believe. So maybe that'll spare me some uh, bitterness coming my way. Also, I, I don't know that most parents from previous generations would tell their kids stuff like, you know, hey, uh, I'm not perfect. I'm a work in progress. Don't judge me too harshly. But I'm certainly consider using that tactic as well. But the obvious solution, the best solution, would be to do this seemingly impossible thing of fully living into my values wherever I am, with whoever I am, and in particular with this little impressionable being. The interesting thing is, if I'm doing this right, this kid will be teaching me what those values are. The relationship between what we think and what we do is always made more concrete in relationship, especially with those who need us, who rely on us. One of the great ironies of Christianity is that there is little room for abstraction in the body and in the blood, yet we have endlessly tried to make it so. The passage we heard today is well known, and this relationship between faith and deeds or works is something of a big deal in the history of Christian thought. That can be a discussion for another day. Frankly, I am um, not super interested in it. Rather, I want to say that we have often been a community of thought, a community of thinkers, deconstructing things, reconstructing things, asking important questions, pondering big mysteries. And that's all really, really important, vital work, absolutely. But that was never the end goal, right? To be on the hill in uh, a state of, you know, meditation, thinking about stuff all the time. All of this is really in service of, I think, something more important, something greater, which is to actually change the way we live our lives. And as I hopefully grow and learn um, on my own religious and spiritual journey, I'm wondering more and more if it is the work, the doing, that leads to faith and not the other way around. You know, nothing in my life has taught me more than to actually do. To learn what love is by loving, to learn what grace is by giving it. Who can learn to be a father or mother before they are one? I said I didn't want to get into this whole faith works uh, debate, but I'll just say that, you know, I think this is what it means in many ways to have faith, to step out and do. Nothing can teach you more about faith than to actually live into it. We are the builders. We are the builders. We have the power. This is something we forget often in this consumer capitalist culture we live in where there is always another option and always another place to go, another thing to find, a person to consume. If the world around us isn't set up to promote mutuality, care, or common life, the question is, not where can we find it, but what can we do to make it so? Not where can we find it, but what can we do? There is a vast difference in those questions. We are the ones who can build.
Over the next few months, we'll be unpacking all the things that were said in these dinner meetings. And there's a lot there for sure. And we are, as a community, in a moment of discernment before any changes might come. But I wanted to start here today with this simple challenge to us to think a little less about what we believe and more about what we do. The surest way to know where we are and where we need to go will be by looking at the actions we take. Amen.